And yet I know by outcome that if I don't say no to something, that I am going to fail at really being crappy at saying yes to a lot of things that I really can't execute. Mm -hmm. And I think this happens in leadership more often than not is the inability to be really clear about what we're saying yes to, which means we've made a choice. We have to say no. Hey there, welcome to the Idea Revolution podcast, the podcast for post-startup entrepreneurs who are seeking to break out of the drone the same tired old ideas and dive into some truly creative thinking about their business. I'm Rick Thomas, your host and resident change junkie. And for today's episode, we'll be diving into the topic of strategy and the art of saying no. Joining me today for this discussion is none other than Nick Fisher, our big brain at the podcast. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. <laughs> so, um, uh, let's just get this on the table. It's been August <laughs> since I've recorded a podcast for yeah. the Idea Revolution. What the heck have you been doing since then, Rick? It's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> um, actually, I'm doing a lot. Um, fourth quarter, uh, as as typically is in the business cycle, it's it's the busiest time of year for for my work with our clients uh, around business planning, strategy, kind of checking in on, on your annual objectives and kind of setting the course for the following year. So yeah, this year, it, certainly as much as prior years, but even more so, it, it was very busy. And I, I'm just now coming off, you know, of that, of that three month run and kind of decompressing and, and trying to figure out, okay, what's on my desk that I've forgotten about? And Certainly, getting back to podcasting was one of my priorities. But no, this is kind of interesting. So obviously, you've been in several facilitations, strategy meetings. Like, what are some of the big takeaways? What are what are the observations that uh, come to the front of your mind uh, with regards to the current business climate and strategy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, two things, and 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 the the first is regardless of what people think about the business climate. Um, certainly there is tremendous opportunity out there. I mean, it just, it's, that has, is not any different than what, what it's been before. Now, are there certain, um, kind of macro implications of what's going on, whether it's, uh, you know, regulation or global markets, certainly, but there's still opportunity. And, and that to me is, it's still very exciting. I see so much opportunity out there for, for our clients and various businesses that we work with. Now, that said, my other observation, this is really what I want to talk about, is the challenges and implications of defining and implementing strategy. There are some common obstacles that I see amongst many of the people that we work with. And frankly, I, I could even say that we may be challenged with this a pilot, you know, when the three of us go offsite and kind of define what our what our priorities are for the following year, and, and, and that will be coming up soon for us. <laughs> it, it, and if I could could condense this into a single statement, it would be the inability to say no. 
the inability to say no either personally in their own sphere of influence within the organization or organizationally for for the, the, the ability for the organization to focus on those critical few initiatives and strategies that are going to make the difference or be driven by this FOMO, fear of missing out and feeling like they have to say yes to everything. Now, that may be a, a bit of an overstatement, but I see that in a lot of the strategic plans. Can you give us an example of this? Yeah. So... I think the common thread is the ideal for leadership is they want to create inclusiveness in the planning effort. And they want to have engagement in the process. I think that gets confused with what that process should really be defined as. I mean, certainly inclusiveness and engagement is important. But that gets confused with seeding decision-making authority on what those specific initiatives or what those strategies should actually end up being. Now, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the thread on this in a few minutes, uh, and, and I'll, I'll refer to an article that I, I read recently from HBR that offers some perspective on this. But I think there is a lack of definition and clarity at the leadership level that allows people in the organization to truly understand what does good strategy look like and what, is, what do clear initiatives look like. So the easy button for those tends to be just saying yes to everything. And so oftentimes these plans, there will be 10, 15, 20 initiatives and, and just to draw some framework around this, I'm talking small organizations under $100 million. And I would challenge any organization of that size to be effective with that many initiative efforts going on and still be effective at getting the day job done. Because what happens is the day job always wins out and the strategy doesn't get implemented. So what is, I mean... You know, a leader will go into one of these meetings, you know, with an idea of, you know, what needs to be discussed. How, how, how does a leader communicate this and not lead the conversation? In other words, still create the inclusiveness and engagement. Right, right. Well, th this gets at the heart of this article uh, earlier this fall from the Associate Professor of Strategy at the London School of Business. And what he talks about is... is Clearly, leadership needs to define what the strategic framework is. And in this particular article, he talks about this um, business in, in England that was making scale model trains. And they were getting killed in that space because most of the scale model toys had um, all that manufacturing went to Asia. And yet they had chosen to keep this business going because it had been a generational business in that town, a lot of good paying jobs, yet they were, they were really floundering. And what leadership really needed to define was what specific market and what's the intent of the strategy to drive that business forward. And what they defined is, is that they were going to be 
not just a typical run-of-the-mill toy company for scale model trains, but they were going to produce perfect scale model replicas down to just exquisite detail, which of course would appeal to a very narrow slice of the market. It, it was going after the adult market, not the kids. And, um, and the adult market that had an appreciation for vintage replicas. So they are being, being very specific in that strategic intent. Now, how they got there, this is where they, they drove it into the organization to say, this is what our, our strategic framework is. This is our target. Now, let's get engagement by having you know, department managers, division managers begin to define within that framework, how does their area of influence begin to answer that call and drive the process up? So, so this idea of kind of laying out that vision, uh, I mean, is it fair to say that, that companies are becoming more niche-like? Definitely. I mean, this is, I mean, that's another common thread. I'm glad you picked up on that because, and certainly I saw this in the various planning efforts, those that could be very specific about their focus, there's, there's this almost this kind of paradox effect that the more you focus on one thing, that more many things happen as a result. And, and certainly with this company, they observed this, that the more they can focus on that one thing and allow the organization to kind of respond to that, the market responded to that because they were very clear in what space they played. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you talk about focus and... I know I've read over the years that uh, you know Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett are known for their focus, and I can't remember who said it, but there was there was one uh, commentator that said it's actually probably their most important characteristic is, is this this laser focus that they have. Absolutely, and I read a, a Buffett quote <laughs> recently about this, and essentially he said, "Look, uh, you have to." Be really slow with your yeses and really quick with your noes. Now, th this gets into a behavioral challenge for leadership. Sure. In that the psychology of saying no gets really complex. And it can it, it gets into some deep, deep-seated challenges or obstacles that various people wrestle with, some more than others. So you're talking about kind of personal uh, issues such as, you know, not wanting to disappoint someone else. Absolutely. Or... I think that, I, and, and I'll pick up myself because I tend to be very validation oriented. I want, I want people, I want my family, my friends, and certainly my clients to approve of what I'm doing. And so saying no risks that approval. And yet I know by outcome that if I don't say no to something, that I am going to fail at really being crappy at saying yes to a lot of things that I really can't execute. Mm -hmm. And I think this happens in leadership more often than not, is the inability to be really clear about what we're saying yes to, which means we've made a choice, we have to say no. And we have to be clear about that no. And what happens is, is oftentimes there's this kind of muddy middle is that we won't, we won't necessarily say yes, but we won't say no. So it creates confusion. It's like, okay, was my idea endorsed? 
was that a stamp of approval or was that a no? And there's that uncertainty and that can almost be more of a problem because it, people become reticent to sure. actually offer something up because they're not certain. So is it a matter of just pounding into the to your own head as a leader what the vision and what that specific uh, goal or, or uh, objective is so that it becomes so painful to say yes to someone that you shouldn't say <laughs> yes to? Or how does that work? You know, I, I guess it depends on the personality. I, I'm ne never a big advocate of pounding in anything. <laughs> I, I'm more of an ad advocate of training and orienting behavior uh, through small, simple, successive steps. And uh, Michael Hyatt, who's the former CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishing, wrote an article about this not that long ago. And he, how he eventually turned this around is he created a list of five reasons why he could say no to something. And he only learned this after the fact and saying, oh my gosh, I'm saying yes to everything. And the really important stuff is I'm not getting to it. So there's a, a place where it becomes so painful that he's not reaching his objectives or goals and he's had to redefine uh, the specific requirements to, right. to say yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this then leads back to this organizational clarity about strategy is if you have the personal behavior uh, of how you say no and why it's important, then you know, in, in an organization, it, it becomes less about saying no and more about certainly with the, with the clarity of the strategic intent is creating the opportunity for self-selection, for people to say no themselves. So getting back to the strategy, when we are clear about what the choices are and the intent, and by the way, this article talks about it's not enough just to communicate what the intent is but to communicate the, the reasoning and the logic behind the intent. So it's not just saying no to someone. It's really uh, helping them see the definition right. and reasoning behind it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then giving them the opportunity to create that initiative definition within those goalposts. And then you give them the opportunity to say, you know what? This initiative I'm working on, it doesn't make sense. It's not in alignment. We don't have to, whatever that is. And you give them the opportunity to say no. Now, ultimately, I would say that it's the responsibility of leadership to, you know, if, if, if someone hasn't been able to get there and it's clearly there's misalignment, leadership has to say no. But giving them the space and the opportunity both to find the activity, the initiative, and the opportunity to self-select. That if it doesn't make sense, it's not aligned that they can recognize it before you have to step in and do that. So it requires a fair amount of emotional intelligence, it sounds like, in an organization. I Certainly that, that doesn't hurt. Nick, it requires time. And that may be an oversimplified, but oftentimes these, these strategic kind of exercises are shoehorned into a very small, finite amount of time. It, usually in the fourth quarter, which is why I'm so busy in the fourth quarter. Sure. When in fact, this these are conversations that should actually begin at the beginning of the year. 
and they carry through so that the actual endorsement of strategy is is kind of a, a blessing of what is already known. Everybody's already on board by the time fourth quarter rolls around or whenever that period in the, in, in the calendar year is chosen to kind of set the strategy. And so it's a process, not just relegated to a, a month or a five-week, six-week period at the end of the year, but it, it's kind of a conversation that carries out throughout the year to allow that engagement. And as Eisenhower said, plans are worthless, planning is priceless. And that means that it's a process that is ongoing. So, so with regards to, you know, kind of this, this thought process around saying no, uh, is there any kind of last, uh, you know, thoughts that you'd give uh, a leader as they're going into their planning and, and strategy, you know, articulation with their team? A few things. One, on top of what Hyatt was talking about, these five reasons to say no, and by the way, I'll post the article so people can, can see that. I think creating simple stop doing lists. It's like, okay, what are five things I'm going to stop doing starting now? And just work on those five and, and make them really easy. And this isn't about hitting home runs. This is about small ball, <laughs> hitting easy base hits. And what can I say no to that, that I can just you know, build momentum with. And once I'm good at those five, then I'll take on the next five and, and build on, on, you know, create progression. But practice with small no's and eventually you'll get to a larger no's and become comfortable with that. Um, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. I, I think on the organizational level is that this needs to be a think tank. And another mistake that I find, oftentimes that leaders, they believe they already know what the strategy needs to be, and they need to figure out how to get the leadership team to buy into that. <laughs> so rather than being open to, to right. crafting. And there needs to be a willingness to dispel that that's what the strategy needs to be. It may be, but there needs to be engagement at the senior team level to to talk about what that strategic framework and strategic intent needs to be. And as the author had uh, indicated, you need to really define the logic behind the strategic intent. So again, it's having that clear definition between right. the objective or strategic intent right. as opposed to the process under which we're going to achieve this goal yeah. or you know climb the mountain. And, and then allowing sufficient time to take it out in the organization and create engagement in the conversation and putting it in their lap to come back with the ideation around what those initiatives could be. And, and it's, it's almost like two opposing pyramids. So you've got a top-down pyramid, and then you've got a bottom-up pyramid. And it's the intersection of those where... I, I think that real strategy um, can can be executed, and and just allowing sufficient time, not trying to shoehorn it again into a, a very s small and finite time of the year, but allowing time throughout the year to create this process. On that note, we're going to call it a wrap. Thank you, Nick, for your insights. Thank you, podcasters, for listening in. Until next time, be well and consider this: if you're trying to achieve something truly remarkable in your business, then what got you here won't get you there. 
It takes a revolution, an idea revolution.